Hello friends and welcome to the podcast. We're in season one. We are going to look at a bunch of stories of people's prayer lives who have ushered in a move of God. A move of God in a nation and a city, but also a move of God in places like a school, a university and a workplace. As we contend for revival in our generation, these people have inspired my own prayer life and encouraged me to contend in prayer for revival in our cities and nations. It's my prayer that in the moment when perhaps we feel unmotivated to pray or we wonder if God is even listening, that the stories of these powerful yet very ordinary people will inspire us to continue to pray, to contend for encounters with Jesus and to walk in His power in our everyday lives. I'm your host, Erin Planner, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. And today we're going to talk about someone a little different. So this intercessor is still alive. Hallelujah. Still alive today. Uh, In fact, very much alive. Not even someone in their 70s or 80s. Um, The person that we are going to look at today is Tyler Stanton. So Tyler Stanton, some of you may know, he is the lead pastor at Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon, uh, which was previously John Mark Comer's church. He also leads uh, quite a lot to do with 24-7 prayer in the U.S. And before, well, well, before he was a church leader, he was a 13-year-old boy who was quite unsure about all this Jesus stuff. He was attending church with his family and uh, learning about Jesus, kind of thought Jesus was real, but still had some quite skeptical thoughts as he was kind of figuring it out as a teenager. And the prayer life of Tyler, even as a 13-year-old boy, actually saw God move in his school and specifically in his class. And so that's what we're going to look at today, the, this prayer life that saw a move of God within his class and within his school. I do think that sometimes the Lord is asking us in intercession to take authority and take leadership in the spiritual realm over the domains that we are in that maybe are not a nation or a city, but maybe is your workplace, is your office, maybe it is your sporting club, maybe it is your school, maybe it is your university. Uh, I think that there are different domains that the Lord asks us to intercede for, to see revival come. And uh, Tyler, when he was 13 years old, was just about to, he just finished the seventh grade. It was just about to hit summer break and a mentor of his asked him a very simple question. It was this, Tyler, what do you think God would do if every day you prayed a circle around your middle school for every kid in your eighth grade by name? So this was the challenge that was posed to him. And I love it because he was a little bit of a skeptical kid. Um, If you're a youth leader, maybe you even know some kids that are like this. Um, But he really felt to challenge him. And Tyler at the time was curious enough. He said, yeah, it seemed a good idea to find out if this Jesus stuff was actually real. And he liked a bit of a challenge. So he had enough uh, curiosity in him to take up the challenge of this mentor and to actually pray every day over the summer. I don't know if you remember, like definitely when I was at school, and this will be totally showing my age by now, but you used to have like a class directory and it had like every kid's name in it and it had like 
details about the kid. Like sometimes it was like the phone number of their house phone or something like that. This is like crazy town. We would never have that now, but we used to have something like that. So he took this um, student directory with him and he would use it as what he uh, prayed with as he would walk around his school. So literally every single child that was in his class going into eighth grade, he would intercede for. So for that summer, every single day, he got his mum to drive him to the schoolyard and he would pray with the directory, walking a circle around his school. I love it. I love it. I love it. So easy and so simple. Imagine even if you applied that to um, a sporting field, like imagine if before your club had training, you turned up at the clubhouse and just walked a circle, press circle around your clubhouse, um, praying for the people that are in your cricket club or um, in your basketball club or whatever the case may be. Or imagine in your office, if you just decided I'm going to turn up on a Wednesday morning and Thursday morning, half an hour early, and I'm going to pray around the building of my workplace. Um, it's so simple and yet so powerful uh, because God is powerful and he is hungry to move on prayers that are prayed for pe- people's salvation, for a, for a move of whatever it is he wants to do in that space. Anyway, so he prays all summer long. He walks around that building and drum roll, da 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 at the end of the summer there was, guess how many students? saved by the end of that summer none none were saved none were saved but this is another part of the story that I love um sometimes when we're praying I think God does not do the not do maybe initially what we are expecting or even asking him to do but as I was saying before I have a core conviction that when we pray that something happens always it's God's nature. It's who he is. There is promise after promise in his Bible, uh, in the Bible of his, his want and heart to move on our prayers. I mean, 1 John 5, 15, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. And this is actually what happened. So as Tyler is praying, he said, the first thing that happened was that God started to do something in him. And that is so much the case. I think even when I go into intercession for different situations, maybe I'm not praying for a revival specifically, but for situations to change, the first thing that God does is change my perspective, change the way I think about something. He starts to change something in me. He starts to stir a hunger in me. Who knows that we actually can't manufacture a hunger in ourselves for God. We, we cannot like, you know, strive into becoming more hungry for the things of God, more hungry to be holy, more hungry for righteousness. We actually need the spirit of God, the Holy One himself to stir a holy hunger in us. As he comes and works upon our heart, we do become hungrier, but hunger, we need the Holy Spirit to stir that hunger within us. And so I love that here, that's exactly what happens. So during that time, the Lord changes something within him and he goes from being this almost like skeptical kid doing church because his parents were doing church, knows that he believes in God, but also has quite a lot of questions to this kid who starts a Christian outreach program at his public middle school. (laughs) It's so awesome. 
So God clearly does some very significant work in his heart during that time. So Tyler, so fervent now for what God is doing, goes to his principal and asks the principal if he could start a Christian outreach program, like an extracurricular club. Um, the teacher says, yes, you just need one uh, teacher to sign off on it. So any club that was being run by this public middle school, you just had to have one teacher sign off as like the oversight to it. So sure enough, he finds a teacher to sign off on this Christian outreach program that he's running at his very public middle school. And it starts at 6.30 on a Wednesday morning. I feel like, you know, when we start programs for prayer, it's like, what's a good time? What's a good time that people are going to feel like they can be involved? And he just like slams it for an eighth grade class at a 6.30 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, middle week, 6.30 a.m. for year eight students. I feel like that's a recipe for a disaster prayer meeting. But sure enough, the Lord is on it. So he starts it at 6.30 a.m., it just starts with like one. I think even sometimes you turn up and there was nobody. It starts with very few kids. Um, and this is the way that he would run this so-called outreach program. So he would open his Bible on a Tuesday night to a random place. Then he would write down a few notes on it. And on the Wednesday morning, he would then explain this to the people who came. <laughs> he says even that a lot of what he explained was completely heretical, like it had no theological basis in terms of his interpretation of the scripture, but it was scripture. Um, and despite some very obvious weaknesses in that space, the thing that he said changed everything was that he prayed fervently for this Wednesday morning. So he would actually come to the school on a Tuesday morning and on a Thursday morning, he would wake his poor mother up and get her to take him <clears throat> sorry, to school at 6.30 in the morning on a Tuesday and a Thursday morning. And he would pray for this class, pray for his classmates, pray for this 6.30 a.m. Wednesday morning meeting. Um, and he was so diligent about it. He did it diligently. He prayed Thursday morning and Tuesday morning diligently. And at a certain point, it's so funny, he says that even his mum had to ask him to like chill out. It was getting too much. She was getting exhausted driving him to school at 6.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. Um, but Tyler had a vision. Tyler, something God did something in his heart, prayer walking around his school for his cl house, uh, classmates that changed him. It changed him from a kind of skeptical guy to someone who was on fire for Jesus. And by the end of the year, uh, one third of his classmates uh, came to know Jesus. And oh, that really moves my heart because I think that uh, sometimes we feel like we need to get more knowledge or we need to, I don't know, we disqualify ourselves from the Lord using us. I was really even challenged about this the other day. I was praying for some stuff in the political realm and some pretty big strongholds. And I really was like, God, that seems almost um, overwhelming for me, little old me to pray for. And the Lord really, as he just did to Tyler, changed my perspective. And he was like, Aaron, you're thinking about you and you're not thinking about me. I was thinking more like, what can one person 
yeah, I was feeling like overwhelmed of like, these are very big situations and what can one person's prayer do? And the Lord said, this is not about one person's prayer. This is about my hand and my, and me moving, my spirit moving. Um, and we disqualify ourselves so much and God really rebuked me in the best of ways. And I went from almost praying from a sense of feeling like it was an overwhelming situation to praying for a sense, to praying from the sense of, I have the spirit of the living God inside of me. And it's not about any of the prayers that I can pray or the right scriptures, but it's about God's heart to move in this nation and to move within the political realm and to bring righteousness and holiness to our leadership. And that changed my whole perspective. And I love that Tyler's story exemplifies this, that the Lord took a 13-year-old boy who was initially a little bit skeptical about Jesus and set him aflame. So much so that, you know, he was so upon him that even when he was sharing things that were not completely correct as a revelation out of the Bible, the Lord is so much bigger than our biggest mistakes. He's so much bigger than you know, even the prayers that we think are bad prayers that we pray, his heart to see people to come to know him, to see a city and a nation filled with his glory are so much bigger than our inadequacies. And if he can use Tyler to bring, you know, a third of his class to Jesus within 12 months, what can he do in our workplace? What can he do in our university? What can he do um, in our sporting clubs, in our mother's groups, in whatever sphere that the Lord has put you in. And for honestly, for anyone out there who is, you know, listening to this, who's under the age of 18, or maybe even in first couple of years of university, I just want to encourage you that God has given you an authority and a dominion where he has placed you. So just like when we are placed in a city or when we feel called by God to move to a city or move to a church or move to a a different suburb, um, where God has put you sovereignly for your school or for your university, he's given you authority and dominion in his name over those places. And you pray with an authority given by God. You are not praying with begging prayers. You are not praying, hoping God will move. You know that the Lord, because he has placed you there, even if you think that you decided this university, even if you think that, you know, oh, it was your parents that chose the school, God's hand in your life um, often is much more significant when we see that in hindsight, but don't underestimate that. And where you are, he has given you authority to see the kingdom come and and his will be done amongst your classmates, amongst your university year level, amongst your teachers um, and amongst the people that you're doing sport with or doing dance with or whatever it is. And the fervency and heart of your prayers um, are heard by the Lord and he does move. And so I just pray that you are encouraged today, uh, especially any young people listening to this, that, you know, you don't have to be like Finney or, you know, like Catherine Coleman to see a move of God within your world. Um, They are incredible men and women of God and so inspiring. But I find this story of Tyler to some degrees even more inspiring because it is literally seeing in Isaiah 61, one life, a power filled life um, at action 
within the space that God gives us in the very normal parts of our lives. And so, Father, I just pray um, for every person listening to this podcast. May they know, God, that where they are, where they are placed in their everyday life is a, is a space where you give them dominion, where you give them authority, where you want to move more than we even want to see you move. Your heart and your desire for those around us to come to know you is so much greater, Lord. And so, God, for anyone feeling uh, maybe disqualified from bringing revival through prayer into their spheres of life, I pray, God, that we would have that broken off our hearts, that, Lord, we would we would know that you are so much bigger than any of our inadequacies, that we're all inadequate, that we all have areas that we are working on until we die, it will be like that, God. And so I pray, Lord, that there would just be a, a holy a fire of hunger to see your kingdom come and your will be done in schoolyards, in universities, in our workplaces, in our sporting clubs, in our gyms, in whatever, wherever we go, God, that we would know that we are there to carry the kingdom of God and that through our intercession and through our prayers, you move in the hearts of people. And if that you can do that through a 13-year-old boy who was a little skeptical, God, oh, you can do it through each and every single one of us. I pray, God, that you would give us a hunger for this, to see the salvation of those around us as your heart hungers for them. I pray, God, that you would stir something in us that through our prayers of intercession, that first we would be changed, uh, that you would do something to change our hearts as you did with Tyler, that, God, we would see rightly, that we would we would get uh, a burning heart for revival within the spheres of our lives, that, God, our prayer lives wouldn't come from a striving, but that they would just come from a download of your heart into our heart to see these things as a reality in our lives, to see those who are truly lost and seeking truth and seeking love, that they will come to find it, that they will come to find you who are those things, Jesus. I pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Amen.